The positive actions you take today will lead to positive outcomes in the future. I want you to put your thinking cap on and think of your most amazing future. I'll even give you a few seconds. What does that look like? What actions will you have to take to get there? It's different for everyone, but whatever that may look like for you, why delay? It starts today. It's time to act to the future. A podcast hosted by Jake Johnson. Hello, Act to the Future family. Jake Johnson here, the host of Act to the Future with Act 4 about to go on its way. Whether it's your first time listening or you're a repeat listener, thank you for taking the time to listen and learn today. Just like you are learning and listening from me, I want to learn and listen from you on how I can make Act to the Future better. I'm a firm believer in seeking feedback and advice because it allows you to see an outside perspective biggest pieces of feedback that I've got on Act to the Future is that people want to hear more stories and hear more about my goals. We have heard a lot about the guest goals, but haven't heard about my own personal goals. So I will start today's podcast introducing Jess by sharing a big goal that she helped me reach a few years ago. Just like in Back to the Future, we're all going to hop in our own little DeLoreans and go back in time to when I was a junior at University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. I was involved on the executive leadership board for a business organization called PSE as the VP of Professional Development. My main role as the VP of Professional Development was to bridge the gap between companies and our students. I was looking to create partnerships with these companies where they fund our organization and in exchange, they get to attend one of our meetings to provide value and create interest towards their company. In other words, these companies had jobs and internships to offer, and we had students eager to fill those seats. So what was my goal? We were still a newer chapter at the time, and, but we were growing like crazy. We had nearly over 100 students, but only one or two partnerships with these companies and not much cash on hand. I wanted to change that so we could create more opportunities for students to find jobs and get some moolah in the PSE bank. Plus, this was my first crack at a real-world sales experience, so I wanted to crush it. <clears throat> so that summer, I wrote down a goal to form four to six partnerships and raise $5,000, which was 200 to 300% more than what we've done in the past. This goal seemed lofty at first, but I had a strong why behind it, and I wrote it down. A fun fact, or a, a fact to the future you are 42% more likely to achieve a goal if you write it down, and more than 70% more likely to achieve a goal if you write it down and tell someone else. So I wrote down what I wanted to do. I wanted to form four to six partnerships and raise $5,000 for PSE, and I told Jess, who is our PSE advisor and sales team coach. Writing down this goal and telling Jess was the best thing I could have done because she knew I was serious and kept me accountable. Not only that, she was in a position to help me, so she was like my first sales manager. I like to call her my sales mom, but anyway, as my quote-unquote sales manager, we would share leads with each other, had strategy meetings, and she would give me feedback on how I could take this position to the next level. We did that. 
We did it. By the end of my term, she helped me form seven new partnerships and raise $10,000 for PSC. One of those partners is now my current employer. Big shout out to UPS. We crushed our goal and I couldn't have done it without her. Achieving this goal was a huge milestone for my college career. I gained confidence and cadence as a sales professional, created value for our members, which led to internship and job offers, all while putting some money in the bank. But more than anything, I realized the power of writing goals down and sharing it with others. Among that, it just shows you the kind of person Jess is. Even on her busiest days, she was willing to meet with me to help me achieve my goals. She's always willing to help others any way she can. And I think that's what makes her such a great leader. She's all about bringing value to people's lives. And I hope you get some value out of today's episode of Act to the Future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, Act to the Future fam. We are here with our third guest, Act 4, with Jess. I call her my sales mom. She has brought a lot of value to my life and a lot of other people's lives. She was my sales professor at University of Wisconsin Eau Claire, but she was just more than a professor. She was um, very instrumental in you know, a lot of people's development, getting them out of their comfort zone, but also being very encouraging along the way. And to be frank, she has seen me at my best probably, and she's also <laughs> seen me at my worst. Uh, there's not many adults that have seen me cry. She has, but we'll see if we get to that part. Anyway, Jess, it's so awesome to have you here today. We're at the Goat House in Eau Claire, uh, so big shout out to them for letting us use their space. And uh, yeah, I'm very thankful that you're able to make it today. Yes, thank you so much, and thanks for the nice introduction. I'm very excited to be a part of the beginning of your podcast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Jess was, like I said, she was a professor at Eau Claire, um, mm -hmm. but she is accepting a new role at University of Minnesota Duluth. So we'll talk on, you know, transitions, you know, what it's like to go through career transitions because she has gone through a few. <laughs> I grew, uh, I moved a lot as a kid as well, but although change is scary, it's, I think, a big blessing and allows you to grow a lot. So we'll talk on that as well as just bringing value to people's lives because that's that's one thing I think just uh, always did a good job of is just bringing value to people's lives. So that being said, Jess, uh, congratulations on the new position at University of Minnesota Duluth. I know the Blue Golds at Eau Claire will be missing you, but uh, how are you feeling uh, right now and today? You, you said you're about a month out from moving. How do you feel? Uh, honestly, a little nervous still. I think with any big change comes those kind of little anxious feelings, um, little doubts, and just a little bit of that scary. But I work through it every day just being so hopeful and so inspired by the chance to make a big impact. And for me to move into such a big leadership role, I'm really excited to take it on. Um, so I try to let the excitement kind of overshadow the fear. Definitely. Yeah, and... It kind of reminds me of a quote. If you're not scared of doing something, then you might not be doing something big. So 
just the fact that you are a little nervous, you are a little scared, that means you're stepping out of your comfort zone and doing right. some, some awesome stuff. Right, and I can't tell students to do that in their lives and then not model it myself. Um, even having two teenage children, I always try to inspire them to take those big opportunities and not be afraid to fail and to try something they really want to do. So I'm hoping that this big move will show them that they should take those paths when they get the opportunity. Definitely. Uh, it's just like one of the quotes that the sales team always said, you know, be comfortable getting uncomfortable, and you're living that out. So yes, um, I am. That's that's super awesome. Oh, uh, you said you've, I believe you've been through a few career changes. What advice would you have for other people that might be going through a career change? My biggest advice would be to really follow your heart and kind of go with your gut feeling. A lot of times people struggle with the outliers or the things that may hinder that being possible. But I think if you follow your heart, you always end up where you're meant to be. So it could be in an industry or a type of role that you never expected. Um, for example, I never really thought I would get into teaching so at such a young age. Um, but when it was presented to me, I just knew it felt right. And I just went with my gut. So I continue to do that. And I think it's a hard one to do. I think it's hard to trust your own intuition in a way and just move forward. Um, we try to rationalize and think about it. Um, if you go with just thought without really feeling it in your heart, um, those, those changes won't feel as good. Definitely. I mean... Yes, we were given a brain, but we're also a soul, or a, a spirit inside of us. And you got to hear what your your soul and your spirit's telling you to do. Mm -hmm. The older I get, the more I'm learning to trust my gut because I don't know what it is, but that gut knows uh, what you need. So I think that's very cool. true. Very true. Yeah. So um, you you said you, you never thought you'd be in teaching. Do you think you'd ever be in sales either? No, I, I actually did not want to go into sales. When I graduated from my undergrad at UW-Madison, um, I actually wanted to go into advertising, journalism, something related. And I just sort of fell into sales because I realized you get to work with new people all the time. And really, if you're good in sales, you do make an impact on people's lives, right? The people you work with, your customers. So I sort of fell in love with it when I was in media sales, just, you know, selling local TV ads. And um, But I think I always knew deep down that I wanted to transition that into mentoring, coaching, teaching, something like that. That seemed much more fulfilling down the road. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but essentially in sales, you're solving problems. And the amount of problems that you solve or the size of those problems that you solve, you'll uh, you know be compensated for that. So at the end of the day, it really is like bringing value to them, you know, solving a, a need that they might have. Um, and it sounds like you've gone through that and now you want. Now you're at a point where you want to share that with other people. What was that like making that transition from being in the sales world to hey, now I want to coach and teach people? What was like some of the biggest, uh, I guess, biggest shockers or culture shock, if you want to call it? Yeah. Well, there's a few things. I think the rewards are very different instead of monetary, financial rewards and sales goals that you're always trying to achieve. 
it becomes smaller goals on more of a personal level to help students succeed in like a sales competition, um, to be able to, to bring value and teach them. So it's very intrinsic where you just feel really good, but there's not quite that financial backing that keeps you motivated. So I think it does depend on how you're motivated. For me personally, I get a lot more out of um, the shared experience and seeing other people succeed. So I just felt like that reward um, paid itself in different ways, not so much financially. So taking a step back from sales into you know teaching, it's it's not as financially rewarding. It's rewarding in completely different ways. So I think that just that big realization for me was um, I had to really sit with that and get used to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. I'm in a sales role right now. I'm very goal-oriented, and I do love that aspect of, you know, going after it, getting it after it, but to that point, um, just sharing the success to yourself is not fun. It's more fun and more rewarding, maybe more meaningful, to share that with others and seeing other people grow, and I think mm-hmm. you've done an excellent job of that. I know I've grown a lot um, professionally, but also personally from um, you sharing that, so... Take it from all your students. We appreciate that change. Yeah. No, thank you. And it is really biggest rewards is seeing those first jobs and opportunities and just all the hard work that students put in. When I see that paid off, it's, you know, like you said earlier, it's like a mom moment, like a parent being so proud and so excited. So maybe living vicariously in a way because you're so excited that they get to do all these new things and work for these amazing companies. So um, I really think that part's rewarding. Oh, that's, that's super awesome. It's it's almost more, obviously you were talking about, the, it might not be as much of a financial um, gain, but you gain so much more that you can't put a price tag on it. Right, very true. Awesome. Uh, you know, talking on goals, you, you said, you know, you like to, that's what you liked about sales. Are you still pretty goal-oriented today? Yeah, I mean... I'm very goal-oriented. I have a harder time being the one that always writes them down, which I know is good habit. Um, Right now, moving into a new role, I have forced myself to create better habits on the long-term and short-term goals Mm -hmm. because I want to create, you know, a new sales center, fundraise, do these things, and that way I can lay out what the smaller goals are to get there. Um, But I think always in the back of my head, I always have, you know, what does success look like? How do I live each day with the basic goals of what I want to be and who I want to, you know, present myself to out in the world? So they're a little different than those long-term goals, but I think they're always in the back of my head. They're just not always written out. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do love journaling, and anytime I can self-reflect and look for ways to improve, I would say those are sort of those personal goals, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean... Uh, we've talked about that the last few podcasts, you know, writing it down. But at the end of the day, it's got to work for you. And it sounds like you, you have a good system that works for you mm-hmm. where you can still reflect and still um, encourage yourself to, you know, make those steps to grow. Yeah. So, you know, going into this new role, you said, um, you know, you might have some big goals for that. What are some big things you're looking forward to or hoping to accomplish in your new role as uh, the director? University of Minnesota. Yes, I have. um, Well, I mean, some of those are going to be things I've always done. I want to bring to their program the same inspiration that I've I've gained from working with students for nine years to make sure that students um, 
have their own success. So I think building a program that makes sure that students get that outside experience, they get to compete in competitions and get out of their comfort zone and really grow as people. I mean, that's like the underlying um, foundation I think that I bring to the table. Um, but with that being said, it is a new program. So to create a physical space for competitions and practice role plays, um, being able to network and engage and have um, the right companies coming in so they have those opportunities. Um, and to learn, I wanna create an environment where it's really that lifetime learning where they have alumni and people coming in to give them advice um, I'm going to help them create a podcast, so I think they're excited about that as well. Um, but I think a lot of the goals are really always coming back to what's going to be the biggest benefit for sales students. What experiences do they need to go out and compete at the highest level with all the other great programs in the nation, just like UW-Eau Claire? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I feel so blessed that we went to University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire for the sales program because you have so much real-world experience that you get in sales competitions. Uh, networking, being in different clubs. So, you know, if, if you're in college and you're not involved in something, that's my biggest thing. Get involved right away because you're going to grow. You're going to, you know, get out of that comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, bringing it full circle. And um, I'm really excited to see you in, in the next chapter because you did a great job uh, developing all of us Blue Golds personally and professionally, but I know you're ready for that next step to build your own program. Uh, yeah. Take what you learned from Eau Claire and put your own spin on it. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how that will unfold over these the next decade or so. Yes, and, and it is a little bit of pressure because I do feel like a lot of eyes and a lot of high expectations are, are kind of falling on me, but I'm very excited for it. And it does take a team. I have a lot of great colleagues and um, students that are on the executive board of the sales club, and we're going to work really closely together. And hopefully I can just help keep them inspired and we can learn together as we go. Definitely. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Yes. And I'm sure you always say it. Uh, we learn a lot from you, but you always say, you always learn a lot from us. And I think oh. that's really interesting because you can learn so much when you're on the other side, when you're teaching. Yeah, it's just the willingness. I actually, when I kind of got ready for today, I thought it's so inspiring to see what you're doing, what others are doing out there and creating um, content such as this. But I think the the most that I learned was never from my colleagues it was always from students and people in younger generation just being able to share and if we're able to trust and be vulnerable together in having those different um, experiences it goes both ways and it always should I think it's just the willingness not all leaders maybe want to learn that way um, and I recently um, listened to a podcast that talked to, talked about reverse mentoring. So it would be you mentoring me, for example, um, or somebody who's new in a sales role being the mentor to somebody who's a senior rep or somebody very much more experienced because there can be that two-way. Um, we can learn so much from each other. So I love that concept and idea. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a few mentors, and it's, it's really cool. Uh, I had an experience about a couple of weeks ago or someone I really looked up to, Tom Nolte, as you know, mm -hmm. and he called me asking me about my goals and what I do to write it down. And it was just a really cool experience that he was, um, had that humility to be like, you know what, even though I know you might look up to me, I look up to you for this reason and I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. And we all have different stuff that we're good at. Um, I know stuff that you might not know and you definitely know a lot of stuff I don't know. Um, but I, I just think it's really cool you have that humble approach. Uh, and I know I've 
growing up just because I was willing to get vulnerable and about where I'm at too. So I think there's a lot of power in vulnerability. For sure. Awesome. Well, we're about to move on over to the hero questions because you're the hero of the day. But is there any last thoughts you want to share on, you know, adding value to people's lives, whether it's on a personal or professional side of things? Um, I, I think the biggest thing I would say is just like, if you stay inspired, you inspire other people. And that's kind of a really simple idea. But I feel the more inspired you just stay day to day with whatever you're working on, if you find that passion, it just like naturally inspires others to either find their passion or to be passionate about what you're working on together. Mm -hmm. So I think that the value can always be there. It's just making sure you stay inspired first and foremost yep. and stay passionate on what you're or with, with uh, what you're working on at the time. Um, and that's just sort of contagious to others you work with. Definitely. It's like a wildfire, right? You know, you have that passion and you start getting more and more inspired. You might touch the tree next to you and that tree might touch the next tree and it just, it's like a wildfire. It'll just spread. Um, so I think that's a really good, good point to end on. So, so Jess, the character questions today. Yeah, I've been prepared a little bit, but let's see. Which character would you be, if you, from any movie or story, who would you want to be and why? Okay, so I have to admit that I did one of those little fun things online where it tells you, and the character that came up, I was a little shocked, but I actually love it. <laughs> it was one of my favorite movies as a kid, and it's called The Wizard of Oz. I'm sure it's been remade and redone, but the original, by far the best. Um, so I'm going to pick the character Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, and the reason behind that is if you really think of her character, she's very happy and friendly, sort of courageous, like you know, she's she's out there helping her friends, which is like, you know, the big one of the big points in the movie is she's so caring and compassionate with all of her friends and helping them find um, the brain, the heart, <laughs> you know, all of those things that she's trying to help. And I think it's that she learns from each one of them along the way and they all become able to keep each other inspired for their end goal of, well, visiting the wizard, her wanting to get home, um, but they all work together, and I think um, that kind of emulates certain things in my life as well. Definitely. For a little background, uh, before we started the podcast, she actually had one of her friends call and say, hey, you're a compassionate person. I have a few <laughs> questions. Uh, what do I do here? So I think that definitely is a very good fit, and Jess, we're not in Canvas anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness. Awesome. So, you know, you'd be Dorothy for the compassion, um, the caring, and then just helping others reach a, a common goal. If you were to create a movie about yourself, you know, I'm the director, you got a bunch of money, who do you want to play as you? Hmm. Well, this one was a little tougher because it does depend. Would it be in life there's drama, <laughs> action? Mm hmm maybe sometimes thrillers. Uh, but I thought my my best person would probably be Julia Roberts. And it seems like, to me, she's one of those, I love all of her movies, but she also is just so genuine in each role. Like she just picture perfectly plays whichever character she plays. And I kind of feel like she always is like really genuine in her role. So I think for me, I'd want someone who can just like genuinely portray um, a really down-to-earth person in whatever role she's playing. I mean, 
I can think of so many movies. So that's the only one I came up with, but that wouldn't be a good one for action movies. <laughs> then it would be like maybe Angelina Jolie or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's a good one. Um, so what would, you know, Julia Roberts, she's playing me, what would the character stand for? Obviously, genuine or authentic, authenticity. What else would you want her to stand for? I mean, I think bold, independent, um, maybe a little bit on the brave side. I think those would be things that would definitely come out in the character. Um, if there was things developed, I think it would just be a story of lots of ups and downs and challenges and, and ways to, to get through that and stay positive at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, something I definitely have down days like everyone, but I think the movie would definitely have to portray someone who has overcome some big challenges in life and was still able to be resilient, adaptable, and um, still at the end of the day be who they are. Definitely. I, when you say that, I just think of back to some of the days where I'd be in your office and I'm like, hey, how's it going, Jess? And you could tell, you're like, oh, it's been like a 12-hour day. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you could tell you're just, like, you're trying to, you're still, you're still very positive about it. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's been a long day, but I'm doing great. <laughs> Everything's great. Everything's For, fine. Forced positivity, right? <laughs> yep. Yes, I know. Sometimes you have to fake it till you believe it. Like, okay, I'm good. I got this. I got this. Mantras that go through your head. So mm -hmm. very true. Sometimes you have to work harder to find that. Yep, exactly. But hey being intentional about it and it rubbed off on me because um you know seeing you go through those long days and still having a positive attitude uh sometimes i think about that when i'm having a, a long day and i'm like this sucks you know but i'm like eh, just Put on the Jess face. <laughs> yeah. Be like, everything's okay. I mean, you just can't stay down for too long. Everyone has to have that. And you got to just, I always teach my kids that too. Like, you just really have to feel it and let yourself have it. And when you're done with that, then start to come back and bounce back from it. But you definitely have to feel it and have those days or times. Definitely. No, I totally get it. And sometimes uh, those days, I think uh, 50 cents at this spot. Uh, joy wouldn't be so special if it wasn't for pain. Sound wouldn't be so special if it wasn't for rain. So you gotta have both the good days and the bad days mm -hmm. um, to appreciate this game called life. So yeah, yeah. There's some really good movies about that. If you think about, um, I'm trying to remember the ones with the, uh, the feelings with all the little. There's a character named inside Joy. Out. Yeah, inside yeah. out. Because you can experience full happiness if, and joy, right, if you didn't have sadness. And mm -hmm. so I do think it's finding that balance and um, being able to really feel whatever you're feeling in the moment so that you can actually know where you're at and have that kind of grounded, the ability to stay grounded and, mm -hmm. um, and move through that into that next feeling, whatever it's going to be. Definitely. Authentic feelings, right? Yes. So we... That's a basically that's what your character would represent and stand for. What would you like the closing credits? What would you like those credits to say about your character? What would I want them to say? Um, I guess stay inspired, like staying inspired by being open and vulnerable with others that you can trust. And just being able to create a space where you all feel safe in doing that. I would say, I would want something to say that about me if I was at end of a movie or end of life, just that a leader should stay inspired and be open and vulnerable with the, their peers, with their colleagues, um, with their friends, family. And when they can share stories and be in that safe space together, 
I feel that that's how everyone grows and learns from each other. So you're not just saying, I had this experience. It's this experience did this and mm -hmm. people can relate. And, and it's sort of like just the storytelling and listening to, to podcasts even. What is it that keeps you inspired might be different. But if we don't hear other stories and you don't share that with an open heart, I don't think you get as much out of life because then mm -hmm. you would have had to have actually went through it versus having empathy and compassion and relatability for someone who has. And, you know, they went through something totally different, but you can still share those stories. And I feel like as humans, we all grow so much more by doing that. Definitely. I'm trying to think of the quote. I'll probably butcher it, but it's, you know, I can't think of the exact quote, but basically it's, it goes to say, you know, you can inspire by doing great things, but we can really connect when we're humble, when we're vulnerable, and we share those, uh, those tough experiences that we had. Mm -hmm. um, because someone else is probably going through it too or will go through it at some point and um, I know even when I've had some tough times you've shared that with me and that's that really helped me out because you know I realized everyone everyone has everyone's in the valley at one point and everyone's going to be at the mountaintop at one point mm -hmm. um, but we just got to keep climbing yeah for sure so um, what actions would you say you're taking right now to fulfill that, that prophecy as being someone who's bold, um, but also someone who's willing to share some of those vulnerable moments? I would say it's setting boundaries and creating the relationships that you feel safe in. So that's with really any relationships in your life. I think it's setting what feels right for, for just boundaries, personal workspace, things like that. Um, I've had to learn a lot over the years too. If you're really compassionate, you don't want people taking advantage of that all the time or giving too much time to something when maybe you're not passionate or you don't have the time or energy to put into it. Um, so it's okay to say no to certain things, to be able to be true to yourself. And I think finding that balance on like what types of boundaries to set in, in all of your um, work in, in personal life and those will vary, obviously, but it's, um, I think boundaries is kind of the foundation for a lot of those um, big choices and, and getting to where you want to be. Definitely. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's almost a negative connotation towards structure sometimes, especially for me. I, I love being free. I don't like the rules, but uh, I'm realizing over the last year or two that by setting boundaries and creating the, you know, yeah, creating those boundaries. It allows yourself to be more free, I, I believe, um, because you're not just you're not just a bag in the wind going left and right and up and down. You have a set boundaries that that sandbox that you play in. It's outside of that sandbox. It's it doesn't make it it doesn't make sense or it, it doesn't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Those boundaries allow you to figure out the sand that you're meant to play in, and mm -hmm. also figure out things you don't want to be a part. Yeah, and that can be people too. For me, anyways, I think choosing people that you want to put time and energy into that relationship, and others where you maybe have it as, um, you know, a very once in a while touch base or need to do for work or whatever it might be. Um, you don't need to be, you know, um, you don't need to have your energy sucked away in to relationships that aren't the best for you or aren't the best for your progress. Um, so I think choosing 
um, what feels right there is sort of like the job idea. If you want to have things that you're mostly passionate about, you want to put more time and energy into that and mm -hmm. the rest kind of fall away at times. Like I used to be so social, like I, have to, I want to be friends with everyone and I get along good with almost all people, but I don't want to put all my time and energy into all that because it gets spread so thin. Mm -hmm. So the older I get, the more I realize here's, you know, my strong connections and, and people that have that mutual respect and trust and vulnerability that we can talk and be true to each other. Um, and I put a lot more time into that now versus mm -hmm. spreading it out to so many different places and people, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. Um, our last guest, Kevin, Kevin and I, we share this one trait where we want to do everything. Right. But we realize over the time, if you say yes to everything, you're, you're saying no to other things. Mm -hmm. So it's really finding, hey, what are my priorities? What are my values? And then sticking to those priorities and to those values because, you know, that's what's that's what's gonna I mean that's what has been driving my decisions lately and then I got I gotta get better at it um but it's a it's a work in progress and yeah uh, I think you really nailed it on the head because like you said you gotta set those boundaries because if you say yes to everything <laughs> right you're gonna say no to some other things so you just gotta figure out what actually makes sense to say yes to and what uh what you have to say no to yes good point so as a hero of your story imagine your character has defeated evil, and all good is restored, but at the cost of your life. Oh, very sad. What are the two or three most important ideas, philosophies, or words of wisdom that you would share with the world uh, that is listening today? Hmm. Well, the first one kind of goes back to when I was a kid, and I think I have to give my mom so much credit for being able to teach me to always treat others, I would say, sort of the golden rule, the way they want to be treated. Um, but honestly, I think it goes beyond that. It's just being that kind-hearted, compassionate person in your life so that you can always be open to people's viewpoints. Sometimes, so the example of the phone call, right? If there's somebody who's struggling in life, but we don't understand their situation, um, maybe they're doing something that we think is wrong or bad or we don't like, always doing everything we do with empathy and having just some compassion for the viewpoint of the other person. Does not mean we agree or that we think they should continue the behavior, just doing it with a compassionate heart and to really listen and absorb and just try to either... Um, understand their view right we not we won't always agree um it could be you know two political different views it could be two sports teams and everyone has views on um but just listening to their views on why they think and feel the way they do i feel like our world would be in such a better place if we all just took a little bit of time to do that with each other mm -hmm. um so I think that would probably be my biggest. It's sort of treating others with compassion and empathy, but also just really understanding and accepting viewpoints that are completely different than yours. And what can you learn from that too? And what can you learn about the world we live in instead of just judging and knocking it down and saying it's wrong or you don't like it? Um, just really trying to understand it. I just think we grow so much. It doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't mean you take that on. Um, same with beliefs. You know, you want to have the ones you have, but you also have ones you don't want to have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so some of the work I've done over the years has been to realize what beliefs do I have internally, like that I just carry mm -hmm. with me every day. 
And you have to find those first. Sometimes they're hidden and you don't realize that you're operating from that. But once you do, do they work for you, right? Or are they hindering some experience that you don't really like? Mm-hmm. And you get a choice. And it takes a lot of uh, willpower, if you might say. Um, it takes a lot of energy and time and focus. But I think we can all learn um, to choose the ones we like and the beliefs we took on from schools, education, church, parents um, that we maybe don't want to. And then how do we work with that? So yeah. that would be my final piece, I guess. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. Uh, just to make a kind of go off your first point, I was reading a book, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. He did not pay me to, to say this. I wish he did. But I just started the audiobook, but I'm just <laughs> on the first part, so don't spoil it for me. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll spoil it. There's just one part. Um, how do I say this without spoiling this? There's one part where he's talking about a conversation where he's in a different country, and these two guys are arguing. And McConaughey steps in and says, I think person A is right. And they both scolded him. They're like, no, no, this is not right versus wrong. This is us trying to understand each other. Yeah, and so true. And I think true. more people should have more of that viewpoint. Because um, we all were born with different experiences, mm-hmm. nature versus nurture. Um, and it's cool to understand where other people come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wanted to make a point on that. And then... Uh, to your thing about compassion and caring, I, I think going back to those values, you kind of know what to care about. And I think what you really said about values really hit that, that nail on the head and kind of sums up this conversation today. You got to figure out what works for you, obviously. Um, take what you learn from different people. But at the end of the day, this is your life. This is you're the, the main character of your journey, so it's kind of up to you to figure out those values, those principles, and how you want to use that to make your impact, make your imprint on the world. And I know you've definitely done that for me. You've done that for some other people at Eau Claire, and I hope uh, with today's conversation, you can, we can continue to do that. So. Yes, well, thank you, and you have done that for me as well. I stay inspired by the impact that all of you have had on me. I felt that really uh, genuine like love from the team and all of my past students with all of the nice notes and congrats and you know kind of cheering me on and I don't think I wouldn't feel the same about the opportunity if I didn't have all that so it means a lot to me and um, I'm definitely staying inspired by you and many other former students of mine. Definitely. Iron sharpens iron babies. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for being here today, Jess. So this was a great conversation. Um, you know, we were both probably a little nervous, but the nerves came out, and you did an excellent job today. Thank well, you so thank much. you for having me, and hopefully a few view, uh, a few listeners will still be out there that might know who I am. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's fun. Thank you so much. Definitely awesome. So there you have it, Act to the Future family. Today was a little longer episode, but Jess did a great job of offering different perspectives and insight. Uh, But just like other episodes, we will end with three action items on today's episode, which is adapting to change and bringing value to others' lives. So the three action items I want to leave with you today are as follows. One, the best way to adapt to change is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get involved. Take that leap and grow your character. This adds to your story as you learn what what we're made of. Two, 
best way to add value to people's lives is to always be learning. Just like we can learn a lot from stepping out of our comfort zone, we can learn a lot from others' experiences, no matter who it is. Jess learns a ton from her students, and because of her willingness and humility to learn from different viewpoints, she knows how to connect and lead her students to success. Three, lifelong learners become leaders. And the best way to lead is to put others first, AKA servant leadership. Jess does a great job of this. A quote from Simon, Simon Sinek states, leaders are the ones who are willing to give up something of their own for us, their time, their energy, their money, maybe even the food off their plate. When it matters, leaders choose to eat last. So stay inspired, serve others, and lead with purpose. And don't forget, positive actions lead to positive outcomes. Wait, Jake, one last question. Where can I get more connected? You can provide feedback any way you want. DMs, text, call, snap, in person. Heck, even hit my aim. You can follow Act to the Future on Instagram and TikTok to get your daily and weekly inspiration. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.